0: Monday, everyone. Welcome back to the 90 plus extra time podcast. It's Rob. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, for my fellow Americans, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving weekend. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Thanksgiving was this past Thursday. It's always the last Thursday in November. It's, you know, it's one of the biggest holidays in the United States. Um, you know, it's time for people to get together with friends and family, you know, enjoy a meal, enjoy each other's company. Um, and you know, it's, Usually, just a really good time, I can say for me traditionally, you know when I was growing up um Thanksgiving meant you know having a big meal, which usually i mean it's it's a dinner meal, so but usually like my parents would wake up at like five or six o'clock in the morning to start cooking. there was always a ridiculous amount of food and then if we would go to like my grandparents' house, uh it was even worse I mean there was you know probably three to four times more people, three to four times more food and it was just crazy how much cooking was going on. Um, but it was always food and football, American football. Those are the two big things that, uh, that happen on, uh, Thanksgiving in the U S at least in my family. I can't speak for everybody, but, um, you know, the, the the meal would be anywhere between like one and three o'clock in the afternoon. And then everybody's eating twice. So you have your first meal, you watch some of the first football game and then everybody, takes a turkey nap because you get turkey tired because of the the tryptophan that makes you a little bit drowsy from the turkey and then you know people kind of wake up or you know come out of their little turkey days and eat again watch more football you know sometimes the kids are outside playing you know sometimes there was snow but we'd be playing football American football outside uh, and just enjoying it you know you'd have all your cousins or you know your neighbors or whoever um, around. So it was always, it was always a good time. Um, but I'm in Germany right now and you know, Germany does not celebrate Thanksgiving. It's an American holiday. Um, plus my wife had to work last week, so we weren't able to celebrate Thanksgiving on Thursday. So we celebrated it yesterday, uh, which was pretty nice. You know, I had a friend over, um, we did the same thing cause it was Sunday. So American football was on. So, you know, we ate a little bit later. I think we ate a closer to six o'clock last night. Um, you know, we enjoyed some food, some dessert, I made a turkey, I think it turned out pretty well, Uh, and then we watched some football afterwards, American football, Um, so it was a good time, so I I hope everybody was able to enjoy their Thanksgiving weekend, Um, you know, unfortunately for me this weekend though, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of football, Um, I only really watched one game and it was the, the Stuttgart game against Sandhausen, I'll talk about that later. Uh, cause, you know, there's a lot going on this this weekend in the world of football. But I want to start off with the Premier League. Um, yeah, there's some some decent games. I only really got to see some highlights, and you know, read read a little bit of stuff about it. But uh, it seems I mentioned it the last two podcasts. But Liverpool is running away with it, or so it seems. Um, you know, it's the first of December, the second of December now, and they are 11 points clear of uh Manchester City and they're eight points clear of Leicester who's in second. Um you know, I mentioned it before that last year Liverpool had a nine point advantage over Man City on Christmas Day and then it evaporated. They ended up losing the league by um one point last year. Um I mean right now Leicester is, you know, basically three games, three wins behind uh Liverpool And it just seems to me like Man City, I don't want to say they're out of it because, you know, no team is ever out of it, especially this early in the season. Um, There's still a lot of games left to play. Um, But I don't know. It just seems like it for Man City, at least an 11 point deficit is just is, is pretty rough. Plus, you know, it seems like Man City isn't they don't project that same amount of like dominance and fear over teams like they have the last couple of seasons. It seems like teams aren't really scared of them anymore and their defense is it it just seems like it's not as I don't know, not as strong as it was. I don't want, I don't know if that's because maybe Vincent Kompany left or maybe they're lacking that in in the dressing room now because Vincent Kompany isn't there. Um but who knows? I mean, like I said, Liverpool is kind of running away with it. So um I'm going go over these scores real quick. Uh, yesterday, or excuse me, this weekend I should say, Man City dropped points I mean, they got a draw against Newcastle Man City was on the road, but they drew 2-2 so you're losing points Um, on the flip side, Liverpool was hosting Brighton and Hove Albion, and they won so um, then you had Chelsea 0 West Ham 1 which is surprising I mean, West Ham is not a good team Um, we saw what uh, Tottenham was able to do to West Ham in Jose Mourinho's first game as Chelsea manager, and for them to go to Stanford Bridge and leave with three points is, is pretty wild. Um, speaking of Jose, Tottenham was hosting Bournemouth. Tottenham won 3 to 2. They've been scoring a lot of goals since uh, and giving up a lot of goals also since Jose Mourinho uh, has shown up. Um, they had that, you know, their last match where um, they came back. They were down 2-0 against Olympiacos, I think it was. And they ended up winning that match 4-2, which is, which is crazy. Uh, but they are giving up a lot of goals. Um, but, you know, it does, I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, they're winning. So they're steadily moving up the table. And they haven't lost since Jose Mourinho's taken over. He's got three wins in three matches in all competitions. Um, let's see, we got Burnley 0, Crystal Palace 2. Southampton 2, Watford 1, and Watford has uh, since relieved their manager of duties. They brought him in. This was his second stint with the club, and now he's unemployed again. Um, let's see. Wolves 1, Sheffield United 1, Norwich City 2, Arsenal 2. So Arsenal, uh, you know, speculated for a while that they were going to get rid of their manager, and I mean, I think he had every opportunity to, uh, you know, to make the club successful, but he just wasn't able to do it. So, um, now they have a, a caretaker manager. Um, we'll see how long he lasts. I mean, you know, coming in for your first match and getting a, uh, a draw isn't bad, you know, especially when the previous manager was, was dropped like midweek. Um, but Freddie Lundberg, I mean, We'll, we'll see how he does I mean right now there's a whole bunch of names that are being circulated for the the new manager to replace full-time to be the full-time manager to replace uh, Unai Emery <clears throat> excuse me but um, I don't know I guess Arsenal is trying to find their identity they, they just have not really been having a great season I mean they're still in the top 10 in the league but you know to be behind Sheffield United and Wolves in the league is no place for Arsenal to be whatsoever um They actually have a game coming up on Thursday. We'll be playing against Brighton and Albion, but um, I don't know. We'll see. But I've been seeing names like, of course, Mauricio Pochettino, um, you know, Allegri, I think, is another one that that has popped up. Um, But, I mean, we'll see. I don't know who would be a good fit for, uh, I don't know who would be a good fit for Arsenal at this point. I really don't. The one thing that I am hoping, though, is that, you know, Ozio will find his way back into the lineup. But whatever. Let me move on. Uh, we had Leicester City 2, Everton 1, and then Man United 2, Ashton Villa 2. And I think, personally, that uh, Ole is going to be gone soon. I don't think he's going to be the Man United manager after Christmas. I mean, they're sitting in ninth place right now. Um or I actually after the new year I don't think he'll be the manager but we'll see I mean like I said there's still uh, there's like great managers that are out there I just don't know like if it'd be beneficial for Man U to uh, change managers midway through but they're just not playing up to you know what most people would expect the, the Man U standard I mean as I mentioned you got teams like Wolves and Sheffield United in front of them so I don't know um, but we'll see but the table right now So uh, let's see. All teams have played 14 matches. So we got Liverpool in first with 40 points. Leicester City in second with 32. Man City in third with 29. Chelsea moving up 26 points in fourth. Uh, Tottenham has 20 points. Um, Also Wolves has 20 points. And then in seventh, uh, we have Sheffield United with 19. Arsenal in eighth place with 19 points. Man United in ninth with 18, and then Burnley in 10th with 18 points. So, um, Arsenal will be hosting, uh, or excuse me, they'll be playing on the road against Brighton & Hove Albion. No, they'll be hosting Brighton Hove Albion, uh, on Thursday. And then Man United's next match is against Tottenham at Old Trafford. And Man City will be hosting Burnley coming up. Liverpool will be playing Everton in the Merseyside Derby. And lesser city will be hosting Watford so some decent matches coming up in the Premier League we'll see like I said this is is a busy 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 time and for Liverpool it's going to be it's really going to be rough with that Club World Cup plus Carabao Cup Premier League Um, all those matches and I mean there's still one more Champions League match day that has to be played this month as well so yeah that's I mean, that's a busy, 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 busy schedule. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. All right, moving on to Bundesliga. Um, I'm just going to run through these scores real quick. We got uh, Schalke 2, Union Berlin 1, Hertha Berlin 1, Borussia Dortmund 2. Now, I did see a little bit of this game for the, the Hertha Berlin-Borussia Dortmund game. But when I say a little bit, I probably saw about five minutes of it. The only reason I turned it on... Um, kind of snuck it in a little was because I wanted to see how uh, Jurgen Klinsmann was doing as the manager of of uh, Hertha Berlin. Um, you know he used to be the um, the manager for the U.S. men's team um, a few years back, and he's also from the Stuttgart area. Like his parents still own like a bakery around here. Um, I think he he looked you know excited. I mean, obviously it's his first match. Um, they were playing at home. They ended up you know losing. Um. But we'll see. You know, I, I hope he does well. Um, you know, his son used to play um, in goal. I think he was like a second second string goalkeeper for uh, Hertha Berlin. But it's good to see him coaching again, especially back here in Germany. And I wish him luck. Um, let's see: Paderborn two, RB Leipzig three, Hoffenheim and Fortuna Dusseldorf played a one one draw. Cologne one, Augsburg one, uh, Bayer Leverkusen went down to Munich and beat Bayern Munich. It's their first loss since they got rid of, uh, Niko Kovac. Um, but I think that, uh, Hans Flick, I think he's going to end up staying the manager for the rest of the, the season, the 2019 2020 season, at least, unless something catastrophic happens, which I doubt. Um, Bruce Munchen, Gladbach four, Freiburg two, Wolfsburg 2, Werder Bremen 3, and then tonight we got Mainz hosting Eintracht Frankfurt. So um, right now in the Bundesliga, um, after 13 matches with the exception of Mainz and Frankfurt, uh, Munchen Gladbach is still on top um, with 28 points, followed by RB Leipzig with 27 points. Schalke's in third with 25. Bayern Munich in fourth with 24. Borussia Dortmund in fifth with 23. Um, Freiburg and Leverkusen both have 22. Then in 8th, we got Hoffenheim with 21. Uh, Ninth place, we got Wolfsburg with 20. And Eintracht Frankfurt um, has 17 points in 10th place. But they play tonight, so they could potentially be at 20 points after tonight. So, um, let's see. Next match for Borussia Mönchengladbach, they're going to be hosting Bayern Munich. Should be a pretty decent match. Um, RB Leipzig will be playing hosting Hoffenheim and I mean that was really really it for the big matches. Um at least for the top of the table. Well Schalke will be hosting Bayer Leverkusen. Won't be a nah, decent match I guess. I don't know. I just I don't really know too much about Schalke or Bayer Leverkusen. Don't really follow them, you know, all that closely. So uh all right. Syria We actually had a change at the top of the table um, because Juventus dropped points. They played to a 2-2 draw at home against Sassuolo. Meanwhile, Inter Milan won 2-1 against Spall. Um, So now the top of the table, Inter Milan, after 14 matches, has 37 points, and Juventus, one point back. And then Lazio's in third place with uh, with 30, and then they play Juventus um, in their next match. Um, the rest of the table, we got Roma in fourth with 28, and they'll be playing Inter Milan in their next match. Caligiri they play tonight, so they could actually move up in the table, uh, but right now they're in fifth with 25. Atalanta also has 25 points. And then Napoli's in seventh. Napoli is having some serious, serious issues. Like, their, their team seems like they're about to fall apart. Uh, Carlos Ancelotti may not end up being the manager much longer. It seems like the dressing room, like, control of the dressing room is gone. They're talking about, like, fining players for misconduct. Um, I don't know. I don't know what what is going on exactly. But uh, it seems like the management and ownership of the club don't have control of the club, or at least of the players. Um, Napoli, you're not used to seeing them down in, you know, seventh point or seventh place. And they're 17 points behind the league leaders, which at this point in the season, you know, after 14 games, I don't think anybody's used to seeing that. I mean, it's like, there's always still a lot of football left to play. It's only December, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. This doesn't look good for Napoli. Um, and in eighth place, we got Parma, which is surprising. Um, they're sitting at 18 points. Um, yeah, that's really about it for Syria. As I mentioned, I didn't really get to watch too many of the matches. I got to see some highlights, but not of all the matches. Kind of a busy weekend. All right, moving on to Liga One. Um, see, we have Marseille two, Brest one, Strasbourg one, Lyon two, Lille one, Dijon zero, Montpellier beat Amiens four to two, Nice three, Angers one, Nemes and Metz played to a 1-1 draw, Rem and Bordeaux also played to a 1-1 draw, Nantes two, Toulouse one, Rennes two, Saint-Etienne one, and then the Monaco PSG game was postponed due to rain. I don't know how bad it was, but You know, it's rare that you'll see a football match that's going to get postponed. Um, Usually they'll be just delayed, but uh, due to rain. So it must have been to the point where the ball wasn't traveling at all, you know, because the water will like basically make the ball stick to the uh, to the surface. It won't skid across or bounce across. So it must have been that bad that uh, or there was puddling on the field, which is kind of rare. You know, these high tech fields they have now. But. Uh, it must've been so bad that they, they couldn't even uh, place the ball or move the ball because I, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago in like the, in La Liga, I think um, there was a game that uh, literally I was watching for about a half an hour as the referees were kicking the ball across different parts of the field to see how the ball would travel. And after 30 minutes of doing this and the referees are completely soaked, they decided to postponed the match for a couple of hours until the rain was supposed to clear and eventually it did but you know there was still a lot of moisture on the field they still played the match but the ball just wasn't wasn't moving you know um so i don't think uh ligon has decided when they're going to replay this match uh monaco psg it could be tonight I i'm not 100% sure but um they're, they're definitely going to have to have to play it we'll see if they push it back to a later date um, so, at the table as it looks right now, after 15 matches played, with the exception of Monaco and PSG, uh, PSG is in first with 33 points. Marseille is in second with uh, 28. Angers, surprisingly, is in third place with 24. And then Montpellier, Bordeaux, and Nantes all have 23 points. In seventh, we have Lyon with 22. Lille in eighth with 22. Saint Etienne in ninth with 22 and then Rem in 10th with 21 points. Um, I just read a thing uh, about uh, Kylian Mbappe. Obviously, he's been wanting to, you know, I guess his dream as a child, or even now is to play for Real Madrid. Um, You know, obviously he's still playing for, you know, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, just not playing in a big league in Europe. Um, But Paris wants to prevent him from, leaving and going to uh, Real Madrid in the summer. <clears throat> I mean, with all the drama that was behind Neymar this past summer, it he's probably more than likely somehow going to leave next year, and they definitely do not want Mbappe to leave also. So I read a report yesterday that uh, PSG and their Qatari owners are planning on making Kylian Mbappe, 20-year-old Kylian Mbappe, the highest-paid footballer in the world. And, I mean, they're probably going to have to offer him... Probably close to like eight hundred thousand euros a week um in order to to keep him there, which is an insane amount of money i mean that that's ridiculous at twenty years old i mean he's 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 really good um and it, you know obviously it's kind of hard to talk about potential for somebody that you know has already won won the world cup at like nineteen um but yeah, he looks like he's on pace or shortly is going to become the highest paid player in the world, which is just insane to me. Um, all right, moving on to La Liga. Um, last night was, you know, probably the biggest match of the weekend. Uh, we had Atletico Madrid hosting Barcelona. Um, I actually put the notifications on this or on my phone for this. Um, even though it ended, at the half, it was 0-0, and I think that's when I turned on the notification, uh, just because I wanted to see, you know, who was going to prevail in this. Um, and then, you know, as the time was going on, I was watching American football. Uh, but as the time was going on, I was like, oh, nobody's going to score. It's going to end 0-0. And then, of course, Messi, on his own, after you know Barcelona didn't really have a whole lot of decent chances in the match, he decided to win it for the team. It was a late goal. I think it was the 89th minute, I believe. Um to give Barcelona the 1-0 win on the road um, at Atletico Madrid, so you know, he's messy, I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do and uh, he came through for his team, which he's done on so many other occasions, but uh, elsewhere in the league, we had uh, Celta Vigo and Real Valladolid played to a 0-0 draw, uh, Alaves 1, Real Madrid 2, Real Sociedad 4, uh, Ibar 1 Real Mallorca one, Real Betis two, Valencia two, Villarreal one, Sevilla one, Leganés zero, Athletic Bilbao two, Granada zero, Espanyol two, Osasuna four, and Getafe shutout out Levante four to zero. So um, all teams in La Liga have played fifteen matches, with the exception of Barcelona and Real Madrid. They have that makeup date on December 18th for El clasico the They're played last month, uh, but they had to move it because of, you know, political demonstrations in uh, Barcelona. Um, but Barcelona and Real Madrid are both sitting on top of the table with 31 points apiece. Sevilla's in third with 30. Uh, Real Sociedad and Athletic Bilbao both have 26. Atletico Madrid is in sixth place with 25 points. Uh, then you have Getafe in seventh with 24 Valencia in eighth with twenty three, Osasuna in ninth with twenty two, and then the one time leaders of the La Liga are now down in tenth place, Granada with twenty one points. Um I mean, aside from Atletico Madrid being in sixth place, the top of the table, Barcelona, Madrid, I mean that's that's pretty normal and you know, it's that's basically been the standard for I don't know how many years now. Um you know uh Barcelona is hosting uh Real Mallorca in their next game and then Real Madrid is hosting Espanol. then eventually you know the Clasico is going to come on December 18th so finally be a time for some separation unless they draw which I don't see as the case um those matches are pretty big plus that one's going to be in Barcelona um you know once again I just see Messi doing his thing and uh you know taking control of the match but uh Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. In the Champions League, uh, after Match Day 5, I'm not going to go through all the results of the Match Day, um, but prior to Match Day 5, there's only three teams that had already qualified for the knockout stages. It was PSG, Bayern Munich, and Juventus. And now we have five more teams that have, uh, that have made it. Uh, we got Manchester city, Real Madrid, Tottenham hotspur, Barcelona, and RB Leipzig. Um, you know, the last match day is coming up. It's going to be a lot decided in that final match day, who goes into the knockout stages and then who, um, will, you know, drop down into the, uh, into the Europa league. um, you know, of course, there's <clears throat> excuse me. There's always the possibility that you know there's going to be some upsets because some of these groups are like really really tight right now. Um, you know, let's see. We have in group. Okay, so group A has already been decided because PSG and Real Madrid have already they've already uh, clinched and moved on. Same thing. Group B, Bayern Munich and Tottenham have already clinched the spot. Uh, group C, Man City has has clinched a spot. However, Shakhtar Donetsk is in second with six points. Um, Dynamo Zagreb is in uh, third with five points. But Atalanta is still there. I mean, Atalanta will need to win their next match in order to, uh, you know, to hopefully, you know, move on to the group stage. And they're they're hosting Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, so hopefully, you know, maybe Manchester City can help them out and beat Dinamo Zagreb. But, you know, it's on Atalanta if they really they want to advance. They're going to have to win that next match. Uh, Group D, Juventus has already uh, secured a spot. In um, second, we got Atletico Madrid with seven. Bayer Leverkusen is in uh, third with six points. And the Lokomotiv Moscow, right now the best that they can do is to hope to qualify for the Europa League. Um, Group E, we got Liverpool, who still has not yet qualified. Um, in first place, they have 10 points. And they play against Salzburg in Salzburg. And, you know, Erlen Harling, you know, that dude's been playing, you know, pretty decent. So there's, there's always the possibility for uh, Liverpool to be shocked. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't see it. Um, I mean, they have dropped a match, you know, in the Europa League, or excuse me, in the, the group stage of the Champions League. Um, but anything can happen um, Napoli is in second with 9 points they'll be playing against Genk who is in last place and there's nothing Genk can do they have 1 point they can't even qualify for the Europa League uh, Group F Barcelona has already qualified then in second place with 7 points is Inter Milan but Borussia Dortmund is in third place also with 7 points and in Slavia Prague they can do nothing they only have 2 points but Borussia Dortmund plays against Slavia Prague in their next match um which will be next week and Barcelona will be playing against uh, Inter Milan so um yeah i mean that's that's tough that's <laughs> yeah that that is tough inter needs to win in order to advance cuz i i can't see Borussia Dortmund losing to Slavia Prague all right, Group G, uh, RB Leipzig is already qualified for the next round. Then we got Zenit St. Petersburg with seven points, but also Lyon has seven points. And then Benfica is um, in last place right now with four points. Um, let's see, Benfica will be playing Zenit uh, in in Portugal, uh, which means RB Leipzig will be playing Lyon. Lyon needs to win if they want to. Try to advance. Uh, both Lyon and Zenit have the same amount of goals scored, same amount of goals allowed, so they obviously have the same uh, goal differential. Yeah, that's a that's a tight group. And then in <clears throat> Group H, none of the teams have qualified. We got Ajax on top with ten points, Valencia in second with eight, Chelsea in third with eight, and then Lille is completely out of it. They have one point. Um, let's see, Ajax will be playing against Valencia, which means Chelsea have Lille and I, I don't know. I mean, I think Ajax is guaranteed at least the, the Europa League spot. Um, they're guaranteed at, yeah, at least that, but uh, that, that group can go, can go either way. Wow. So there's, there's a lot of, a lot of good matches, a lot of, you know, last qualifying day, or excuse me, last group stage match qualifying that can happen to move on to the, uh, to the knockout stages and uh, yeah, I don't know, some of those groups are completely up for grabs um, in the Europa League though, before match day five, we had five teams that have qualified, we had Sevilla Basel, Celtic, Espanol and Manchester United, now there's an additional eight teams that have qualified we got Apoel, from Cyprus, uh Sporting, Lask, Ghent, Wolfsburg, Braga, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and AZ from the Netherlands. And you know, I'm not gonna go through every single group because it goes all the way up to group L. Um But as with the uh the Champions League, you know, there's, there's a lot of these groups that are still up for grabs. They actually do a round of thirty-two. Because you're going to have teams that are going to drop down from the Champions League into the Europa League. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of good matches, a lot of football left in the uh, in the Europa League, even though there's only one more match day left. Uh, OK, so speaking of I just got to find my notes here, um, the draw, which I didn't even know was going to be happening, the draw for Euro 2020. So 20 of the teams had already qualified and I thought they were going to be holding the draw until, you know, the final matches were played in March to determine those last four slots. But apparently UEFA decided not to do that. Um, So now we have, we know what teams are going to be in what groups. I mean, we still have those playoff matches. so We don't know who's going to be, what teams are going to be there. But as far as everybody else that's already qualified, they know what groups they're in. Who they're playing for the most part. So in Group A, we have Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. Group B, we have Denmark, Finland, Belgium, and Russia. Group C, we have the Netherlands, the Ukraine, Austria, and then the winner of either Playoff Path D or Playoff Path A. Um, in Group D, we have England, Croatia. The Czech Republic, and then the winner of playoff path C. In uh, group E, we have Spain, Sweden, Poland, and the winner of playoff path B. And then in group F, which I would consider to be the group of death, um, you have the last three, I guess, I don't want to say major. Yeah, you have the last three major champions. You have Germany who won world cup in 2014 you have Portugal who won the euros in 2016 and then you have France who won the world cup last year and then they'll be with the the winner of either playoff path a or D um, the reason that you know it might not necessarily be the group of death is because the th- best third place teams I think there's two of them will move on to the knockout stage uh that's how Portugal actually won it last time because they finished third in their group, but they ended up winning the euros altogether um so they're still you know that's why it's not necessarily a group of death because all three of those teams, Portugal, France, and Germany, could potentially make it out of the group, and you know we still have to see who's gonna be um that last team to uh to qualify but uh I mean. I don't know when I when I first saw that I was I was shocked I couldn't believe that those three teams <clears throat> excuse me those three teams um, drew each other in the same group I mean I, I just thought that was crazy like I, I watched like the reaction when the teams were drawn together and you you could just see that um, you know the head coaches were kind of looking at each other like oh my god I can't I really can't believe that this just happened I, I really can't so. Um, but just to refresh, so in, uh, let's see, those playoff uh, path spots in group, or excuse me, path A, we got Iceland, they'll be playing against Romania, and these are one-off semifinals too, as far as I understand. Uh, and then Bulgaria against Hungary, then in path B, we got Bosnia-Herzegovina and against Northern Ireland, and then Slovakia against the Republic of Ireland. Uh, Scotland against Israel, Norway against Serbia, that's path C, and then path D, we got Georgia against Belarus, and North Macedonia against Kosovo. So, still got about four months left until we know who exactly is going to be in the Euros, but uh, the groups are already decided, it's just a matter of, you know, who's where and who, what teams actually make it um, out of the or out of the paths and into the actual designated groups. Tonight the Ballon d'Or will be awarded. Uh you know, it's like the biggest award in football. Biggest individual award. Um you know, there's been talk that it's gonna be Virgil van Dyke that's gonna win it. Um and I've been saying all year that, well, I can't say all year, but at least since the Champions League last year, that uh, or last season, that if Ronaldo or Messi did not win it, that Virgil van Dyke, you know, who's one of the best defenders by far um, last year, not last season um, probably should win it. Um, but last night I was reading and I saw that it looks like Excuse me, that uh, Virgil van Dyke is not going to win it, that Messi is actually going to pick up his sixth Ballon d'Or. There was something leaked that looks like um, it may be the official final tallies for the the Ballon d'Or. And (laughs) what it looks like is it says that uh, Messi is going to pick it up with uh, a total of 446 points, and then Virgil van Dyke is going to finish in second with 382 followed by Mosala. Um, whether this is true or not, um we'll, I guess we'll see in a few hours uh whether or not, you know, Messi picks it up and then how the final vote tally wins or goes, but uh yeah, it looks like Messi's going to be beating him by about 64 votes and then Ronaldo's going to finish in fourth, Sadio Mane finishing in fifth. Um, yeah. I I guess we'll we'll see we'll see see how true that is I mean Messi you know he did have a good year um, but it just it seemed like Virgil van Dijk was basically impossible to beat you know by any forward or striker last season Um, but I do think also that it's hard to to give an award like that to a defensive player um, because I couldn't honestly imagine a goalkeeper winning it Unless they, you know, finish the season damn near perfect with a bunch of clean sheets, I don't know. I just I just can't see it happening. But like I said, looks like Messi's gonna pick up his record sixth, and uh, that'll be the end of the debate about whether Virgil van Dijk or a defender in general, at least for now, could win it. So, all right, and finally before I go, um, just wanted to touch on the match, um, the Stuttgart match. Uh, As I mentioned, I watched this entire thing. Sandhausen is a small club not too far away from Stuttgart area. Um, But somehow, you know, they scored early. They scored in literally the first minute of the match. Um, You know, some of the Stuttgart defenders were kind of blundering inside the box. Goalkeeper's view was obscured a little. And, uh, you know, Sandhausen was allowed to score. Stuttgart had a lot of chances in this match. And... You know, I haven't really talked too much about VAR on this podcast, because I I, I, I do think VAR is good because I'm all about getting the right decisions. Um, but Mario Gomez legitimately scored three goals in this match, only to have all three of them called back because of offsides that had to be reviewed by VAR, and there was at least one of them that I saw that it it was entirely too close too close to call um you know the rule i guess is that any part of the body that can be used to score if it's offside so if your arm is sticking out and it's past the last defender that's not considered offside because you can't score a goal with your arm but if your knee foot head shoulder thigh is beyond the last defender then that's considered to be Um, offside. I mean, there was just one that it was entirely too close, but like I said, he scored on all three of those attempts. All three of them got called back and I can really only one of them that I know was completely obvious. Um, But in the end, Stuttgart went down two zero zero with the half and they were able to score a goal late. Um, It was a penalty in the 89th minute. Um, but they ended up losing two to one. So, Oh Yeah. I mean, they're still right now, they're still in third place, um, in the league, which, you know, isn't terrible. They're three points clear of fourth place, Heidenheim. Um, you know, but 26 points after 15 matches. They're six points out of first place and three points behind second. Um, it's just I don't know. It's just frustrating. Still a lot of football left, but uh, next week they'll be playing at home against Nuremberg. Um, right now, Nuremberg is in sixteenth place, so they're in the relegation zone. To be relegated to the third league, but that really means nothing at this point because you know Sanhausen wasn't doing too well before this match. You know they managed to pick up three points at home, and yeah, um. Sitting here talking about another Stuttgart loss, which is <laughs> pretty upsetting. Um, may go to the game next week. I know I say that all the time. I just, it seems like I never buy the tickets in time. If I buy them today. Oh, I can't actually. Uh, me and my wife are doing something next weekend because the Christmas markets have opened up here in Germany. So, yeah, that's right. Can't go to the game next weekend. Can't even watch it on TV, actually. So, I'll just get the notifications on my phone. Yeah. But it is what it is you know hopefully they'll they'll be able to pick up a win against Nuremberg at home we'll see you know been waiting for a Stuttgart win for you know a couple weeks now um but yeah all right so with that i'm going to end the show um i want to thank all you guys for your support everybody that's listening everybody that's followed me on instagram and twitter um i will put the contact information in the show description um I'd I'd love to hear from you guys, so please send me messages, text, no, not text, (laughs) sorry, emails, uh, you can DM me on Instagram, DM me on Twitter, or, you know, just hit me up on either one of those platforms. All right, I hope you guys have a great week. Catch some some football. There's going to be some midweek games busy December for the premier league. Um, just enjoy your week, enjoy some football. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys next Monday. All right. Bye.